hello, hello once again, fam. I can't express enough how grateful I am for your presence. My guest today is William Black, who is a dance and electronic artist. He makes very pretty and emotional future bass music that is packed with all of the feels. Every feels. <laughs> Literally, every one of them. No, seriously though. The concepts and subjects behind his tracks are very raw, very vulnerable, and are inspired by the things he has gone through in life. In this episode, Will talks about his mindset around creativity and life in general. He opens up about some of his life experiences, what they have taught him, and how he is grateful for the things that have shown him this path that he's on today. Will's social media links are in the episode description, along with the links to his Spotify and Apple Music profiles. So head on over there, give him a follow, give his music a listen, and feel the feels for yourself. (laughs) I promise you won't be disappointed. Thanks again for listening, and an even bigger thanks just for being you. All right, enjoy this conversation. I am very excited for this conversation. Uh, I am here with William Black, who many of you may have heard the name before. Um, and Will, first of all, thanks for stopping by, man. We're really excited to have you on this. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm honored. This will be fun. Yeah, of course. Um, so we'll just get right into it. And so for the sake of starting this conversation, let's pretend that I am a middle-aged adult and we've never met before, and okay. uh, we're meeting for the first time. So, who are you, Will? Um, who am I? I'm William Black. I'm a music producer, DJ from Orange County, but I currently live in Los Angeles. Um, and I like writing music, and my music tends to be a little bit more emotional, and I like to touch on topics like. You know, that are kind of taboo, and I just write music that um, is important to me, and I hope that people can relate to it, and I can help people through music is my goal. Awesome, man. Um, who, how would you describe William Black and, you know, what that name and brand kind of represents? I don't know. I mean, it's just me, you know? I just, like, uh, it's my my God-given name. That's what my parents named me, and I was like... Uh, for me, like coming into music, I just wanted to, like I said before, kind of write music that could impact people the same way, you know, my favorite artist's music impact impacts me. And um, yeah, I was like, I, I I tried for a long time to find like a brand or like a name that wasn't my own name, but I was like, I feel like my name is pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm, like, uh, I'm just going to run with it. And I think also when I first started this project, I... I mean, I still do, but I listen to like a ton of trance and a lot of trance DJs. Like, it's just their name. So I was like, I can do that. That's cool. My name's like a little bit cooler than the average. I got a color as a last name. So we're good there. Yeah, definitely. It definitely rolls off the tongue. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I, 
I just love that idea, you know, because I think when a lot of artists are trying to create a brand or figure out how to create a brand, it's very much like this overthinking type of process, but mm. they aren't, you know, considering like really just making it like an extension of themselves, you know, like it's just an extension of, of your soul essentially. Sure. Yeah. And I think it could work either way. And like, you know, you have the projects that are, you know, it's a bit of a, uh, you know, it's a character or something. And I, I mean, my, my logo is like a character, but, um, yeah, I, I think you can you can have something that's a little bit more anonymous and it's just about the music, but for for me personally and like the kind of music that I write, I think it has to be it has to be very personal for it to make sense cuz I, you know, I'm writing music about things that have happened to me, so I think it just makes sense that it's my name, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. How do you feel like your music uh and your your brand represents you as a person? Like you said, it's pretty much it. It pretty much is just you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've said this before. I feel like my music is kind of like my diary. You know what I mean? It's like a way. It's the way I learned how to um, get how I feel out into the world um, and and relate to other people. Um, yeah, that's pretty. Much, I mean. That's Very simple. Much, hey, I mean, yeah. you don't you don't need much more than that. Like, uh, <laughs> and what was your what was your relationship with music like as as a child? Oh man, I've always been like my family is like super. My dad is like an amazing guitar player. My mom, amazing piano player. I wasn't amazing at anything, but I loved music so much. And like, I listen. My my parents are pretty hip when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, and uh yeah i don't know i just like they put me on just listening to music from as long as i can remember and i figured out what i liked pretty quickly um and what so was that up, what did you like yeah growing up i listened to a lot of like lincoln park and blink 182 some 41 a lot of like other pop punk stuff um a little bit more like just mostly like rock and then in high school i started listening to um hip-hop and and then obviously dance music i found that my sister actually she like put a bunch of um like old dance music on my ipod and when i was in like eighth grade and i was like what is this stuff she's much well not she's like seven years older than me so she was already in college and she put a bunch of stuff on my ipod and i loved it and then i found like dead mouse and like tiesto and uh when i was in like ninth grade um, and that's, I was just in love with it after that. And I went to, um, I went to like my first rave in like 10th grade. Um, and then after that, it was just like all in. I was like, this is my life now. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. And I never, yeah. And I still, it's funny cause I still, I feel like now I'm referencing more like the older, like rock stuff in my music than the dance stuff, but like a blend of both you know like i still listen to a ton of of the older stuff because it's just like super nostalgic and i'm all about that like just listening to something and takes you like, to a different place i love that so much it's like what i wake up every day hoping for <laughs> it's great yeah 100 percent. like the the music that we grew up with is just like it soaks into that brain and that subconscious right. just so deep that like you know I, I think a, a lot of people don't even really recognize that like 
that stuff might be inspiring their sound, you know, more so than, than what they currently or recently listen to. hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. And I, I mean, I think that's what, like, I'm trying, like, if I can, like, feel that way while working on one of my own songs, like, that's it. You know, it's like, this is, that's what I love. Um, and it's crazy because, you know, when I see people, like, reacting to my music I put out, they're like, oh, like, you know, this reminds me of this time in my life. I'm like, that's so cool. The fact that I can have that effect is like, whoa, so happy about that. Because, like, that's, like, my biggest goal is to just, like, impact people and just, like, try to help somebody with my music. Yeah, definitely. How is your... Like, how do you focus on your creative process? Like, how, how, what are kind of the steps that you take from, you know, getting an idea and, and going through the process to, you know, make it a, a reality? Um, it depends. Like, you know, I could just be feeling a certain way someday or like kind of in my head about remembering somebody or some time in my life and just messing around, probably starting with like a melody or chords. Um, trying to find something that um, that kind of brings me back to that place or that person. Or it could be like I, I'm working with a singer and I'm just like, this is how I'm feeling. Like, like let's write something about this. And they, they start, or I even just hear a vocal that's already written that's sent to me and I listen to it. I'm like, whoa, like that. Like I really resonate with that. I really relate to that. And then it's easy from there. Um, but I love collab. I mean, pretty much every song I have is a, collaboration with a, a writer or a singer or another artist because um i don't know i i feel like it's much easier to like like a lot of people like they're what they like with music is like creating like crazy sounds or you know with like with dubstep or stuff like that it's like all about how loud and how like aggressive and that's like you know the niche for me i, I just get off on like creating like a vibe and like if i can do that then i'm super stoked with my music because I like creating like a story. Like that's that's what I love about it. Yeah, I mean your music is absolutely storytelling uh, <laughs> for sure. Uh, it, it it does exactly you know what you said you love about listening to the older music from your childhood is it's it's nostalgic even if like you don't really understand where the nostalgia is coming from. You know. Cool. And so, yeah. like, do you? So it sounds like you kind of like follow the feeling rather than seeing this like outcome that you try and then you know create. Like, does, right. does it just kind of you follow the feeling, see where it takes you, and kind of like remove expectation from the outcome? Yeah, I, I, I just, I feel like these days, because music can be such like a, a roller coaster to writing music. If I'm like in having fun, then I'm, that's all that matters to me. Like, if I'm having fun working on music. It's good. If I'm not having fun, something's wrong. You know what I mean? And it's that simple because I got into music because it was fun. Um, but if it's not, then like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and it's you know, I used to I used to like while I was working on music, I'd have like so many thoughts in the back of my head, like, oh, are people gonna like this? Like, is it gonna is it gonna you know go on uh, playlists? Like, is it is it gonna be easy to fit into my live set and now I'm like I just like don't really care I'm like oh, I like it so hopefully other people like it and I'll figure out how to put it into a set later you know yeah exactly if it's meant to be you'll figure it out 
100%. And so like you you started with your kind of like official remixes or releases as being more remixes, right? Like you had uh, the Gareth Emery remix. And I think even before that, you had a remix on Ultra, right? Yeah, well, I, had, I, did, I did remixes for like two years before I even put out an original. And the first original was with you guys. Was it um, Letting Go? Yeah, Letting Go is my first like original track. But yeah, I did... I did a remix for Gareth Emery. I did I did one for Steve Aoki too, but it was like a bootleg that I just uploaded and then Ultra was like, Hey, we wanna sign this and I was like, Okay, cool. <laughs> now it worked out that way and then uh yeah, I did I did a remix for Nick Alenium. Um and then a bunch of other like I did the Prismo one. That one was like one that was started getting like some pretty good attention. That one was cool. And then, yeah, and then from there, because I just felt like I wanted to have, like, I wanted someone of a fan base before I put out original music because I wanted people to care. You know, I wanted to be like, that. I wanted people to be like waiting for it. You know what I mean? And then it finally happened. They're like, finally, you put out an original song and it doesn't suck because he's been working on music for, you know, a few years. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, a big part of it is, um, it, getting like good vocals when you're like an up and coming artist is really hard because like not people might not necessarily want to work with you. So I wanted to make sure it was something that I loved. Yeah, definitely. And so like, did you, you know, like you said with the Steve Aoki remix, it was kind of just like you did a bootleg and put it up and then the record label hits you up. Did you, was that kind of your plan all along and you were just doing remixes for yourself and throwing them up on SoundCloud and then you somehow ended up kind of getting in contact with these record labels and then that allowed more people to see your name, you know, behind a remix and like then then things kind of sequenced out from there? Yeah, I don't even think I really had too much of a plan. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna remix acts, but I think also when I was doing that, SoundCloud was still like in its prime and like you can do remixes and they could get like millions of plays. Now it's a little bit harder to do that. And I honestly don't know like what like I just feel like it's harder to like go the remix route. Maybe maybe not, but I just um yeah, I just I just was trying to write music, and if I could get stems to something that I liked, I was like, all right, I'll try this. But I think the the problem with the remix thing, at least one thing I saw is all of them, all of my remixes started to sound like way too similar, and I kind of got in like a in a place where like I was just doing the same thing every time, and I kind of needed to break out of that. And I think once I started writing original music, it was a little bit easier to get out of the like of doing the same thing every time because I even got bored I was like all these remixes are sound exactly the same it's just a different vocal every time yeah yeah that's so I mean like you said you know if you're not having as much fun with it as you were initially then it's like something needs to open up or needs to change in order to kind of like get that vibe and energy back like I remember I think we were first we first started talking like right around when you were releasing the Gareth Emery remix. Cause I remember that one coming out. And then I think it was like, then we did the Prismo one together after that. Yeah. And, and then from there, you know, Park Avenue sent over the uh, vocal for letting go and the acoustic yeah. guitar. And I was like, 
will has to he has <laughs> to have this like has to and that experience was so fun and so awesome you know because it was like the full a and r experience from my end and it was so yeah. cool to see it as like your first original you know yeah that song is great I, I still play that song in my sets and it's funny because i just never like works i feel like i was in such a weird place because i never really worked on like too much original music and i had the the track pretty much sounded exactly the same except in the drop the drop that has this like kind of bell like melody kind of just like lead that but it was at the time it was different it had this like arp thing and i sent it to said the sky i was like hey what do you think of this and you because i was just like sitting on it i was like i don't know like i don't know like is this good i'm not sure and i said to him he's like this is amazing but like just try this and like he told me to do the the like bell part instead and i was like oh this sounds great and then it was done but like i i may not have ever even sent it over if like somebody wasn't just like yeah this is good you know i need that sometimes i just put it out <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent. how uh you've known uh said this guy and alinium for a while now right like since you kind of got into the music scene and were releasing music yeah i mean i met nick alinium uh, through like a mutual friend and then we started talking, and then obviously I met Trevor through Nick. Um, but yeah, I've known them for like five, five years. Yeah, like they're I love those guys. They're such yeah. a such a genuine crew of of it's dudes. True. Like, do you feel like they've had a big influence on you? Sure, absolutely. Even without even me thinking, it's like, um, especially even if it's not like just the like the music side of things, like creatively, it's just how I think they had been doing it longer than me and were more successful more quickly. So I could kind of see the mistakes that they made or didn't make and kind of emulate that and make sure that I'm on the right path. Cause I think it's easy to get to see, to try to like number one, compare yourself and number two, like see what other people are doing and kind of copy that. But I think it's not always the best move to do that, which is hard though, because especially coming up, I was like comparing myself to them I'm like, these are what my friends are doing, and it's like 300 times better than what I'm doing, so I suck. But that's not the case. It's just we're all on a, a different path. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but definitely, I mean, I think subconsciously what they're doing probably has, um, you know, inspired me to do my thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. How long have you been producing for? Um... I guess seriously for like six years. Wait, no, seven years. I start. I went to Icon Collective in 2013. So that's when I'd say I'd start. I really started uh, making music because before I was like dragging loops into uh, Fruity Loops. I didn't know what I was doing, and then I I got into Icon Collective and I downloaded Ableton, and then um, then from there I just kind of learned, and it took like you know two, three. Let's see. Probably like three or four years after that before I put out anything that I was like truly proud of because when you first start making music it's really bad it's like terrible <laughs> so that's why you just got to be patient anybody that's like starting to make music like don't upload anything for like three years for sure that's why I tell everybody too much <laughs> yeah and it's like you it, I, I love the the quote that I've heard is like embrace the suck like you yeah. gotta embrace the like you can't become a master like right away you know like you said like you just gotta focus on the process and just like 
know that you can get better. You know, I actually didn't realize that you went to icon. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. So, um, actually had a couple, a couple people I went to high school with that went there. And like, that was like my dream when I was in high school. I was like, I want to go to icon. Um, my parents were like, nah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I went to like a half a semester of community college and then dropped out. And then other circumstances brought me to move to LA and I applied and I got in and my parents at that point, I mean, I've talked openly about this, but I had like a serious drug and alcohol problem and I needed to like go to rehab. So I went to rehab. They were like, you know, just get your stuff, like your shit together. And then you can be happy in life and you can do what you want. And I think the reason they didn't want me to go to Icon is they knew that I was just going to throw it away because I didn't I didn't have my life together. But once I did, or I started to kind of figure out how to, I, I, was, able, I was already in L.A. and I was able to go. And it was like best case scenario. And that's where I met Virtue, John, my roommate. And, you know, he's one of my best friends now. And it's kind of weird how life – I met Nick through – a friend who's not even in music and he's just like another sober dude I know and it's just like life is so weird the way it works out it's like because I thought like getting sober was gonna like hold me back but it was literally the best possible thing I could have done to where to get to where I'm at now so I wouldn't change anything even though I you know shit got a little bit weird for for a couple of years hey man you got to go through the dark parts in order to to like figure out how to find that light you know like right. it's it's like you said, it's life is, is very weird and it has other plans for us than what we expect to have for ourselves. And so like, uh, yeah, I've seen you talk about, you know, the sobriety and all that stuff, uh, on social media. And I think that's huge to be, you know, that vulnerable with it and like to show people that like, just that side of things, you know? And like, so do you feel like you, you take that vulnerability like into your creative process and into your music as well? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, my whole album, the uh, pages album, a lot of it was about, you know, my story and like my addiction and depression and just things I've gone through. And, um, it sucks, but it's like so much easier to write music when you've like gone through a bunch of really horrible shit. Cause it's easy to like pull, pull inspiration from that and just you know what, what was cool and i've talked about this before was like i wasn't sure how comfortable like other writers were going to be with talking about this stuff and i'm just before i was like hey you want to work on this song they're like sure like just heads up like i kind of want to write about like one of these topics like is this something you relate to are you cool with writing about this and they're all like yeah like so refreshing to like write about something that's not you know uh i don't know just like two average like not every song is about you know, a relationship with drugs or like depression, you know, most of it is more positive or just kind of more relationshipy, um, especially when it comes to like poppy or music. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's definitely, I don't know. I don't think it was ever anything I planned on like, right. Like I definitely, when I got into producing music, I wasn't like, I'm going to write about my drug addiction like that definitely wasn't the plan but it just kind of became that and i was like oh this is cool yeah yeah, yeah that creativity <laughs> has that uh that yeah. healing power right right yeah. and it's funny because i have you know i have some friends that um that like 
aren't in dance music at all, you know, and they would always joke to me like, oh, when are we going to get that album? Like, when's the William Black album going to come out? This was like three or four years ago. And I never thought I would ever write an album. I was like, I'm just going to put out singles and that's it. Because I don't know, I just, I didn't see my music in that way at the time. It was much more like dancey and like housey, which is, I'm not saying you can't put out an album if you write house, but I just didn't see it as making sense. But now that my music is more like, they're more like songs, you know what I mean? And I, it's just funny. They were like, finally the album came out. I'm like, I never thought it was going to come out. <laughs> and now I'm like writing another one and I'm just like, cool, let's, let's go. It's easier to like create a whole story when you have like 10 to 15 or whatever songs that like you, you can tell the story with rather than just one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So like from the beginning did you know that you wanted to make a career out of being a musician and being an artist and like, you know, wanting to go to icon, uh, was it kind of like, you know, wanting to follow excitement and passion or was there a thought and, you know, anywhere in your head that was like, this is a, a an actual option for me, you know? It's so funny. Cause when I was like 18, 19, I was like, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that I'm going to be successful. And like, playing the main stage and stuff and then and I don't mean that from like an ego perspective I just like that was how I thought I don't know but then I started actually like becoming more successful and like getting looks from people and playing shows and like doing the deal and I started like then I was less um I think I was more scared because it was becoming more real I was like well what if this doesn't work out and like I don't know and why am I you know it's, it's a constant, like, once you you have to check yourself because you, you set, like, a bar, like, I want to get here. And then once you get there, you're like, well, this isn't good enough. I want to get here. And, like, you, you'll never be happy if you can't, like, just appreciate, like, the process. And, like, it's so much easier said than done because every day I'm, like, uh, you know, trying to do the next thing or, or trying to just push myself, which I think is a good thing, but you still have to, like, appreciate it as you're doing it. Yeah. I mean, that's so huge. And we were just talking and, you know, before we started this episode around, you know, the situation in the world right now of the coronavirus and, you know, how, unless you're focusing on what you do have compared to what you don't have and reminding yourself of what you're grateful for, you know, you're kind of putting yourself into a state of just misery, you know, and it's like, like you said, you got to check that perspective all the time. And so like, do you have habits and, you know, routines throughout the day, um, you know, outside of creativity that allow you to just like maintain a balance and, you know, check in with yourself? Yeah. Um, I think one thing I do, I try to do every morning is, um, just to stay like, just to start my day positively is I'll send a list of five things I'm grateful for to a friend. Um, that way I can like, first thing I do is to start my day in gratitude. That way I don't start. Because what I can do is wake up, look at my phone, and I'm instantly in fear because I have five text messages and some emails and how am I going to get this done and the world's falling apart. And like my first thoughts of the day are negative. But if I can try to start it positively, um, then I think I feel better. And if, I, and if I keep that routine every day, then it just becomes more normal. Um, other than that, I think what's a, what I do is um, just try to reach out to like friends and not just to like 
cry about my problems, but to like really ask how they're doing and see, you know, what I can do to help. Because the best way to get out of self is to like help another person. Um, and it's uh, it's like a selfish thing. It's like I want to feel better, so I'm going to help somebody else. And if that's the case, whatever. But um, but on top of that, yeah, like just having people I can can talk to, like, and tell them what anything. Like I'm not. I have friends that really care about me and my well-being, so I can call them and. Um, they care, you know what I mean? Like I can cry about something and they're like, cool, like, you know, thank you for sharing that. Because if I keep it inside and keep it in my head, then it's super dangerous for me especially because, you know, I struggled with the, the depression and the self-doubt and, I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of people do and it's they, they think that people don't care and like nobody nobody wants to hear it, but like they do. You know, because if you keep it bottled up, it's just going to progressively get worse and you're going to feel worse and, you know, nothing's going to ever get better. Yeah, completely. It's uh, the support system, you know, I think is is so important. And like you said, you know, like offering your support to other people is what helps create that support system and it helps create that that kind of dynamic between friendships, you know. Yeah, for sure. 100%. What's the biggest risk you've ever taken in your life? Um, I quit my job like a little over a year ago. I had like a full, I had worked like full time jobs um, the whole time I was living in LA. Um, And I I had a job where I could take off pretty much as much time as I needed to like go play shows. so this is 2018. At the end of the year, I got an offer to go on the Adventure Club bus tour. So I would have been gone for like two, three weeks in March of 2019. And I was like, if I never quit my job, and I always have this like blanket that, or the pillow, sorry, um, that's like, oh, you'll always be okay because you have this job. Then like, I feel like I'm never gonna be successful. And I called my boss, who's, like, one of my good friends, and was like, this is how I feel. He's like, why are you still work here? Like, quit already. Like, he wants me to be, you know, successful more than he wants me to run his shop, right? So I quit my job, and so uh, all last year, I was, like, kind of scary. I was, like, I was paying rent, and I was doing okay, and I went on the tour, and it was great. Um but it was terrifying. I was like, what if it doesn't work out? That's like one of those things. It's like, you know, paying rent is hard, especially off of like a musician's salary at first. And, um, but then at the same time, it's like, cool. Like I made it. Like I make, I'm paying rent for music, you know, like I'm fully self-sustained through music and, um, things got definitely got easier throughout the year. And I started playing more shows and my name started getting a little bit bigger and, this year was was on track to be great, <laughs> and then we got hit with the coronavirus, so we're doing okay. But uh, yeah, it, that was so scary. I remember like even calling my parents, and they weren't like, they didn't say like, you know, don't do it. It's like, it's not a good idea. But you know, I think they they were a little bit scared for me. But they they never like once I got my act together, they never like questioned this whole thing they weren't like get a real job like stop you know 
stop this music thing and it's cool because you know they come to all the shows that they can go to like that are local or you know I they live here in uh, California so they'll even drive up to the, the San Francisco shows and stuff and I really I really like that I really like that I have like such a supportive like family because it's that's like a whole hurdle I never had to like go through was like trying to convince them that this was like plausible um yeah yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, it's so cool that you've never had to go through that hurdle, you know, because like, I feel like a lot of people, I mean, I went through this for sure when I was stepping into the path of, of being an A&R and, and this career and my mom, you know, for the first year or two, she was like, all right, you know, like, when are you going to get a, a, a job with a salary and stuff like that? And, you know, she was supportive, obviously, but when... Yeah when you, you know, you push through that and you, you get to the point where it's just like unconditional support without doubt, you know, like it's, it's just like, it's just lifts you up completely and just pushes you. And I'm sure that creating a a pressure filled environment, like you did for yourself with quitting your job, like that is that big support system, you know, right there. Yeah. hundred percent. I was like, I felt like it was like a now or never moment and I made the right decision, which is cool. Yeah. And it's like almost I- like, it's almost like you will never know until you take that step off the cliff. Like you're, huh. you're walking, you're walking the line half in half out, but until you go all in on something, you're never going to figure out how to, you know, reach that potential and push through that fear and almost like channel that fear into pushing right. you forward. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it kind of felt, I don't know, it kind of just felt like one of those uh, forks in the road in life that's just like, I want, when I'm like 80, I want to look back at this time in my life and be like, I gave it everything. You know, no matter what happens, I gave like following my dreams everything. And I think if I don't take this leap, then I'll be sad one day because I'll be 80, I'll be like, oh, I should have quit that stupid job and like, I would have figured it out and like I did figure it out and one thing um, that's super prevalent in my life is just like faith that everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to and it might not be the way I wanted to but I'll always be okay like I know that I'll always be okay no matter what Um, and I forget sometimes you know like sometimes I'm like shit I don't know but um, at that moment I had that faith that I was like luckily I was like it's going to be all good you know, I'm going to figure it out. Uh, and here we are, you know, yeah. a little bit later and things are, things are good. So I'm not mad about it. Yeah, definitely. Faith is, is huge. I, uh, I always keep that, that word as a main part of my vocabulary as well. Like you said, it's so easy to forget that you have faith, but then, you know, it's just like cycles of forgetting and then remembering, <laughs> like, just like everything. But, but once you, you, you know, you go through that kind of rabbit hole of, of thoughts and fear, and then it's like, oh yeah, I have faith that all of this will be okay. So let's just go for it. Yeah. You know? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Might as well send it. I feel like I'm <laughs> Go big or go home, right? <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah. Um, so how did uh you know the this coronavirus you said it it really affected your tour and you had the tour coming up and um it was it was canceled postponed like how did you go through that process of kind of accepting that and just taking it for what it is 
I it was very quick. <clears throat> it was like so I'll tell you the story. So I I don't know if you know who know this guy named Fairlane. I was gonna bring him on tour. Um, he lives in Canada, and he was staying at my house. Um, but like he had come a month before tour, and he was gonna go to Germany to see this girl. Um, and so he goes to Germany, and he flies. He flies there, and this is like right at the beginning of coronavirus. This is before social distancing um, and stuff. And I wasn't like when this when it first kind of started. We started hearing about it. I literally was like flying to Australia to play a show, and I was like, still, I was like, that won't come here. You know what I mean? And I was I was one of those people that was like, it'll be all good. Like Tyler Fairlane flies to Germany. Thirty minutes after he took off, Trump was like, nobody can come into the U.S., <laughs> especially from Europe, and. I was like, oh, man, this guy's not going to be able to come on tour. And, like, I was tripping, and I was, like, upset. I was like, he flew to Germany, and, he, and now he can't come on the tour. And I FaceTimed Sean. And as I told him, and he was like, look, dude. He's like, I don't know what you think is going on, but, like, I don't even know if your tour is going to happen. I'm like, what? Really? And, I'm, and I, that was, like, the moment I was like, oh, crap. Like, this is worse than I thought it was. And after that, he was like, yeah, um everybody started postponing everything. So I was just like, oh, I don't know. It wasn't like, a, it wasn't like a super, it definitely sucked. But like I was saying before, like, because everybody was going through it, I didn't feel like singled out. And I was like, yeah, like, why would my tour still happen if this huge artist tour is not happening? Like Billie Eilish is canceling her tour. Like, how is mine going to happen? You know what I mean? Um, so it definitely sucked and it still sucks because there's still a lot of unknown, but, um, I have that faith, you know, that it's all going to work out. So hopefully, uh, you know, later this year I can get back on the road. I was finally starting to, like, be gone all the time and playing a lot of shows. That, the last show I played was with Ikali. Um, uh, <clears throat> I think we were in Boston, and we were going to actually drive to New York the next day to play a show, and they canceled it, and that's when I was like, all right, like this is real. And my manager is like, we're getting you on a flight home <laughs> immediately. <laughs> so you're not stuck on the East Coast through this. And uh, yeah, it's weird, man. It's a weird time. Very <laughs> weird time. Extremely. <laughs> but again, it's like having faith that like, this is what's supposed to be happening right now. You know, like, yes, yeah, it's not up to us. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, Ever. And so, um, do you feel like you've had to sacrifice things to follow this path? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like I sacrificed my early 20s. <laughs> but it's like, but I'm, I'm enjoying myself now. But I, I didn't really, like, go out and party because I was like, if I want to, like, be successful, like, I kept seeing – Everybody was saying, you got to stay in and work. So that's what I did. I didn't really go out too much. I didn't, like, say no to friends wanting to hang out. Even still, people were like, come come do this. I'm like, no, I'm working on music. Um, so I think I've kind of sacrificed a social life. Um, and I think also, like, relationships can be hard, you know, Um romantic or just like friendships can be tough because you can't 
I, I can't have like 50 friends because I don't have enough time to do that. And I, I wouldn't even want that anyways. Like I'm cool with my like 10 friends that I trust and I can hang out with and, you know, um, yeah, it's weird. Cause I feel like I'm finally starting to like get the benefits of like the hard work I put in, you know, which is getting to play the shows and getting to play the festivals and, you know, starting to get more recognition. But like there was a long time where I was just like angry and like, I'm working really hard and I'm not getting what I want. And I stuck through that, you know, I was like, it'll still happen. I still like, you know, I'll still get it. I just got to keep working. And I definitely, there was, there's been ups and downs and lots of doubt throughout of it, throughout it. Uh, but yeah, I think I just kind of had to sacrifice a life for a while and just like only work on music. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's paying off now. <laughs> Following that intuition, man. Yeah. And so, yeah. Oh, 100%. Because it's like ignoring the logic that we are taught that is, you know, the most important thing in life and, and being in this, in this mind and, you know, like just being able to strategize and do all this and, and see this result and, and make it happen. But like going against that and just following this, like almost like naive belief, you know, just like yeah. un unwavering, just like, well, it's going to happen. You know, I just got to keep pushing through it. It's funny because I've had people in life, you know, that were older than me being like, stop, like, you're not going to be successful, like, stop trying, and I was always just like, fuck you, I will be, like, successful, like, I'm going to prove you wrong, and those are the same people now who are like, dude, so stoked for you, like, let's go backstage, I'm like, nah, <laughs> like, you're not coming anywhere near me, because I remember when you said that I wasn't going to be shit, so, and it's not like a, you know, it, that's just like that, that story that it happened it's funny it's always the people who doubt you the most that are the ones that want to hang out and it's so weird to me oh, that yeah. they, they don't remember saying that because i've never forgot you know it's super weird oh yeah definitely like how did how did you block out like other people's fear and other people's doubt i have no idea <laughs> i'm telling you now i think i was just younger and had less anxiety and fear literally like i just i was just like had my mind set on what i wanted and there was nothing gonna stop me super weird yeah completely and so like i can't yeah. remember like my mindset from those ages it's weird like i wish i could i, could, I can't really remember like how i felt well I maybe know. you were just in your heart so much that you weren't yeah. you weren't up all in those thoughts you know <laughs> it's gotta be it and like, like patience and faith come to mind, obviously, for, you know, what you said, like you feel like now and within the last year or two, when everything started really picking up, like that all the hard work that you put in and things you sacrificed was, were kind of like finally coming together, you know, and like, so if you're focusing on the wrong things in the journey, then it's so easy to let the you know expectations of things happening when you want them to happen just right. take over and and push you away you know and so like like you said you know you've always just focused on the process and having fun with the process and so do you think that's what has allowed you to remain patient and faithful rather than like 
getting these numbers on this release and this and that, you know, and like kind of letting those be side effects and just kind of organically coming together? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. And I think that over time I realized like I was, I, what I thought was more important as an artist was to like get a organic kind of reach and fan base. It's like, I don't, I don't want my song to like get 50 million streams if 99% of those people don't care. You know what I mean? It's like, I want, I'd rather have less people miss, listen to my music, but more people come to my shows because I really want that like connection. And I, I don't, I think I started caring less about what other people thought about me. And I just, um, I just wanted to like really kind of, create like a, a my own thing like i wanted my fans to feel like they were a part of something and um i think it was easier to do once i cared less about what other people thought and comparing myself to what other people are doing because um can't really be too too unique if that's what if you're like emulating somebody else um yeah yeah completely and it's like it's almost like once you stop caring about that stuff it's like you you pass the test you know universe yeah. is like all right like i see you like you're putting that authentic energy into this and you're caring about the right thing so you know i'm gonna help you out a little bit <laughs> yeah for sure and it's not always like i still compare myself to people sometimes because i'm not perfect <laughs> um but um but i'm i'm like i think it's it's funny that i'm like conscious of it so it's like the second it happens i'm like oh don't be doing that you know what i mean like i'm i can recognize that i'm doing it and then pull myself out of it because that's like the biggest thing is some people go their whole lives lives and they don't realize like why they're doing things you know they don't they're not like realizing that you know they're putting somebody else down because they're feeling like crap themselves you know or they're making decisions out of fear and i try my best to like stay really conscious of why I'm doing things that way I can you know if it's something if I'm making a decision out of fear like I can realize next time and not and like pull myself back or talk to somebody else about it so I don't do that again and make a mistake yeah yeah Yeah, I think the why is is so important and it's it's almost like it the why always comes first and then it's followed by how and what almost you know and so like do you feel like going through the adversity and challenges you went through in life um, kind of like allowed you to, to learn those lessons and to become more aware of, of your ego and the fear that it's, that it produces and, and kind of like pr- tries to influence your behavior? 100%. <laughs> uh, I feel like because I like got sober so young, I had to mature really fast and I learned who I was quickly and you know, um, I'm super grateful that like those things happened to me when they did because I like I love who I am as a person. You know what I mean? Like I was not the nicest dude growing up. You know what I mean? Like I was so insecure that like I just took it out on other people and I was like a liar and just like not a dude I'd want to hang out with now. Like I see like Facebook memories pop up. You know, and I'm like, why would I, why would I post that? Like, that's not something I would say today. I mean, obviously I was young and, and dumb, but uh, I think I was like, 
the fact that I was able to like get sober at the the age I I did and like really work on myself was like the best thing I could have done because um because I have like a tool set, you know what I mean, that like gets me through the ego and the depression and the insecurities and it's like if I didn't have that I'd be screwed for sure. And I wouldn't be where I am. Like, if, it's funny that I, if I didn't go through what I went through, I wouldn't be who I am now. And so people are like, oh, what would you change, you know, about your past? I'm like, absolutely nothing because, like, I'm pretty stoked with life right now. And, like, I don't want to screw any – like, I want to – if I would go back and do it all the same, you know, which is – I'm glad I can say that because – could definitely be worse right now yeah man fate's uh fate's an interesting thing i've uh yeah. i've gone through you know very similar things i've had dark times in my past had you know trauma as a kid i was uh, addicted to drugs for a little bit and you know have i feel the same way though you know it's like there there are no regrets because i understand that the choices that i made made me who i am you know and they allowed me to get to the point of waking up and and kind of you know understanding that i am so much more than like these thoughts and these insecurities and these things that i think are are controlling me do you uh, do you think that uh it's really important for aspiring artists to think about that before they hit a point of you know feeling like they're at rock bottom or that there needs to be this major change like you know really trying to create a, a strong foundation as, as a human being first before, you know, focusing uh, on, like, going all in on music? Um, I mean, I never want to, like, tell somebody what they should and shouldn't do. Um, I just can speak from a personal experience. Like, it, it worked for me, and it's not something where, like, I figured it out. It's like, a, it's, like, a daily thing where I have to work on it or I fall back into it. So I think, for me, it worked out to where... Um, you know, I kind of had my shit more together going into it. Um, but do I think that I would have not been successful or burnt myself out really quickly if I hadn't got my shit together? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just from my personal experience, but you see artists all the time that are like, you know, 18, 19 years old and they're killing it, but they're, they're lost in the the drugs or whatever and they either you know die or or they just kind of burn out and i hate i hate seeing that because it doesn't have to be that way you know yeah i completely agree and it's like it's it it's a lot of i think you know craving short-term results and very quick um immediate feelings towards the the action that you're putting in and the things you're doing and you know that could very much get you to a point of of fame and and success yeah. and and having everything that you've ever dreamed of but then you reach that point and that's where rock bottom comes in almost it's like that's where it it people start to realize that the short-term mindset can only last you so long you know and that the long game and the long-term perspective of like creating sustainability and sustainable habits and a sustainable lifestyle is like the thing that's going to allow you to create longevity you know no i agree yeah it's uh 
it's like a obviously like a case by case basis. Um, yeah, but I think um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I think about it a lot. Like just my, just like how I got to where I am, and I'm like, I feel like so much of it is just luck. Like there's no other word. I remember I when I was at Icon, they did like a. Uh, they would do this like, what was it? They do like a workshop thing where they'd like get in a hotel and they'd have all these like conferences like a, like at once a year they do this like big conference thing and they'd have like artists come and do interviews and Q and A's and stuff. Um, and somebody's manager, I want to say it was like, actually I don't remember, so I don't want to say anything. Somebody's manager was saying like a big part of being successful is just luck. And I was like, that sucks, you know? <laughs> like, what is luck to you, though? Yeah. Like, what, what is the definition of the word luck to you? Uh, I don't know, honestly. It's hard. Because, I, like, I, I just feel like I met the right people at the right time, and I would had the right sound or something, because... Um, yeah, it's like the people who have impacted my life the most, I met not, like, wasn't through music. You know what I mean? The people who affected, like, positively affected my music career the most, I didn't meet through music. Or, or like, met them through people unrelated to music. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just like the de- yeah, the decisions I made in life brought me to where I am, and there's people who are far, far more... Uh, talented than me creatively or musically that haven't even gotten to where I'm at. I don't know why, um, but I'm not mad where I've gotten. You know what I mean? Like I, I think I deserve it. You know, like I, well, part of the thing that I had to overcome is that whenever anybody would ask me like what I'm doing, like I'd be like, oh, I'm just like trying to do this music thing. I'd make myself sound like some broke dude, you know, like on the street playing a guitar. And my manager was like, stop telling people you're trying to do it. Like, start telling them you're doing it because you are doing it. I'm like, I'd always be like so scared of like sounding like an egomaniac that I would sell myself short. So like I know like the work I've done and I feel like I've I've worked really hard and I, I'm really happy to where I've gotten. And I think, you know, like I've, I've earned it. Like I've, I'm happy, you know what I mean? Which is dope. I'm glad that I can feel like that and I don't think that like – I deserve more or I deserve less. Like I'm just happy with where I'm at. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's beautiful. <laughs> it's exactly, <laughs> it's exactly the place that you want to be at, you know? And like, yeah. like you said, like if you don't feel like you're deserving of that, then it leads you down, uh, paths of depression and anxiety yeah. and wondering, you know, like, how am I here? And like this, the whole luck thing is so interesting too. Cause like, I feel the same way, but I think about luck all the time and it's like, what is it? You know, like, is it, it's like, it's almost like being aware of an opportunity that's presented and then taking that opportunity, you know, like it's almost like the luck doesn't come without your action towards it. Sure. You know, you know? Yeah. You can't just not make music and then all of a sudden become famous. You know, exactly. Yeah, everybody's like, "Oh, he's like, he just blew up overnight." It's like, no, like, they've been working for like five years and you just found out about him last night. That's a big difference. 
Yeah, definitely. I love the the picture of like the it's, it's like a a big glacier iceberg. It's like eighty five percent of it's underwater, and it's like yeah. hard work, dedication, consistency, discipline, and then the very top fifteen percent is like success, you know. And it's like yeah. that's the part that people see and yeah. that they're gonna recognize. But only you are going to recognize that that first six years, seven years that that you're putting in. Right. Yeah. Yeah, everybody, I mean, but at the same time, somebody could work, like, you know, somebody could have worked two or three years, and at that third year, they got big. It just, everybody's on, has, like, their own story. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, that's, that's their time to shine then, you know? That's, yeah. they're, they must be doing something right, because the right. universe is trying to pull them up, you know? It knows that it needs people to hear what they're doing. It need they need to start, you know? They need to they yeah. need to be thrown into the fire to figure shit out. <laughs> 100%. That's cool. Yeah. Is there uh, you know, I I know that you wouldn't change anything I and mean, you don't regret any choices, but is there anything that you would tell your younger self when you were first starting out, you know, into the music path? Now, I don't think anything I would tell myself like that early on, but I'd say like maybe two years ago, I'd tell myself, I would like sit myself down and be like, stop stressing out so much about every little aspect of everything. It's all going to work out the way it's supposed to. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's like, just like keep doing what you're doing because you're doing it the right way, even though you might not see it yet. Definitely. Maybe yeah. uh, maybe your future self was telling your, your past self that all along. That's where that yeah. intuition comes in. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, Wonder, yeah, it's funny. Uh, so what's next for you? You know, the obviously the situation that we're in is very special. It's some interesting times that we're in. What uh, what's what's next on on your plate on the on the schedule for you? Um, release wise, um. I'm like working on a bunch of collabs and like original stuff. I have a collab with Slander that's coming out eventually. They just like announced that yesterday, so that's exciting. That's a song I really love. Uh, I did a remix of "Good Things Fall Apart." That um, it went up on like SoundCloud and stuff, but it's coming out on Spotify soon. Uh, and then yeah, just trying to finish a bunch of stuff. I'm doing that like virtual festival that's called um, uh, Room Service. So that'll be fun um i had a fun time recording that and making that set and then just like staying sane at home <laughs> working on music trying not to go crazy so that's the that's the goals for the next couple months at least yeah definitely cool man well we're wrapping stuff up so once again like thank you so much for stopping by and yeah. uh i personally am extremely excited to see what these next few years bring because it's been a, a pleasure to watch your journey so far and be small little pieces to the to the big <laughs> puzzle <laughs> oh yeah awesome i i really appreciate that yeah and i really appreciate you you know giving me i remember you gave me a bunch of shots to remix stuff like early on in my career so i'm very grateful for that there's like the steven remix and the Prismo remix and stuff, and those are all like definitely big steps in the early parts of my career. So I'm very grateful that you gave me chances like that. I completely forgot about the Steven remix. Yeah, good one. <laughs> Damn, I completely forgot about that. 
Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. Hell yeah, man. Well, again, man, thank you so much. And uh, look forward to doing another one of these with you. Sounds good.